another Tesla crash is Snapchat a buy and let's take a look at MasterCard. This is the Running with the Money podcast. Let's get into it. My, oh my, what a day. The Dow Jones falling 153 points. NASDAQ down 163. S&P 500 down 28. And the rest 2K down 31. Meanwhile, the VIX up 1.73 points, up 10.65%. Wowza, all the way back to 17.98. So what's going on in the markets today? Well, I'll let you know. Really, what I believe this is, is this is just a little bit of cooling off. I mean, (laughs) at the end of the day, you know, we've been on this epic run. I believe the Dow Jones in the past two weeks has, it's had to make at least three, four, five highs at least. It's been moving to all-time highs. Um, Same with the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ has just trudged all the way back up to nearly its all-time highs. So the market cooling off a bit after an epic two weeks of moving to the upside relentlessly, just grinding to the upside. And throughout that whole entire time, you have seen Fang kind of recapture the market. Meanwhile, those smaller growth names, such as your CrowdStrike, your Square, I mean, those are, aren't small by any means, but compared to an Apple, they're small. Um, those companies, your more growthier names, your high-flying technology names, have been pulling back a little, have been flat, have been choppy. Um, and then really your small cap names, your SPACs as well, have really been getting hammered lately, Um, but maybe those are opportunities. Who knows? Now, getting into today's biggest headlines, we have to talk about this Tesla news, sending the stock down roughly 3.8% so far today. It's rebounded a little on the day off of its lows. Um, Definitely not horrendous. Um, Earlier today, it was under 700, and now it's back up to 711, Um, so really not too bad. Now, there was another Tesla incident, um, and the NHTSA and NTSB are now investing Investigating this crash. It's the second time this has happened. Um, and the crash involved, from what I have read, a 2019 Model S. Um, it happened in Spring, Texas. Two men died, and there was no one in the driver's seat. And that is why they are investigating it. Now, um, full self-driving is not yet out on the Teslas. Um, and from what it sounds, uh, they were practically, according to what I've heard, no one was in the driver's seat and they had autopilot on, but it was not full self-driving. Tesla does say at this point, everyone should be in the driver's seat. So they should be, you know, there should always be one person in the driver's seat of a Tesla. Autopilot is not full self-driving. They have made that clear. Um, so really at the end of the day, I believe it's going to come out uh, that they were being, neg- the drivers were being negligent. Um, it's a terrible event. It's horrendous that lives were lost. But at the end of the day, this is not really affecting Tesla itself. At least I don't think so. Now, if it comes out that it was maybe the self-driving beta, then there might be issues, but I don't believe uh, that has been uh, cleared. I believe so far it is believed that they were using autopilot irresponsibly um, and they crashed. So at the end of the day, uh, this could be a buying opportunity for you Tesla investors, you Tesla lovers out there, stock moving down on short-term news. I really don't think it's going to end up being a huge deal, um, but the stock falling on the news. And once again, Tesla does say, always have a person in the driver's seat. Autopilot is not full self-driving. It just is driving assistance. Um, So that is something to know. Now, Facebook creating a clubhouse clone, according to CNBC. So Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg making an announcement on Monday saying that they are working on new audio features. um, And this is going to allow their users to engage in real-time conversations. Um, And he also noted this could be in groups um, or sound bites per se. 
And he said, quote, we think that audio is, of course, also going to be a first class medium. And there are all these different products to be built across the whole spectrum. Um, so, you know, another copycat of Clubhouse. We've seen Twitter do it. Uh, now Facebook's doing it. And I think it's only a matter of time before we see Snapchat do it. Uh, so at the end of the day, what do I think about Clubhouse? Uh, you know, there's rumors that they're going to IPO um, later on. Who knows if that's actually going to happen? I think they eventually get bought out. But it is important to note, Clubhouse uh, just today closed a Series C funding round uh, valuing Clubhouse, the company, at $4 billion. Um, But they have had a lot of user engagement losses just in the past few weeks, download declines. So what do I think about Clubhouse? Personally, I think Clubhouse is eventually going to get bought out, whether that's by Snapchat, Twitter, or Facebook. Now, Twitter was in talks, but, you know, never know. Facebook could buy them out, and that would likely be approved um, because, really, Clubhouse is a feature. Now, they can turn themselves into a major social media platform if they add a bunch of other features, but right now, it's just kind of like giant chat rooms, um, and there's not much else there. So if Clubhouse can somehow find a way to change that um, and add even more features and bring it into a more fully built out social media um, company platform, then I I think there's a future for it. But I do believe they're an excellent acquisition target for any of the big social media companies um, in an easy way to add an awesome audio feature to um, whether it's Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Now, when it comes to Twitter, they are having a lot of glitch issues, but they'll get that sorted out. Um, And I really do think that if Twitter continues to improve their spaces and Facebook comes out with the spaces, um, I I don't know if there's much of a future for Clubhouse at the end of the day besides an acquisition by one of the major uh, social media giants. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. A fascinating note, Facebook stock, I believe, um, not doing too bad today. Yeah, it's only down one. 0.67%, possibly a solid buy here, just over 300, it's down five points, Um, you know, at the end of the day, this one has run quite a bit, so if it corrects, you know, if it corrects down to, say, the 290 level, you could have a solid opportunity on your hands, definitely one to keep an eye on. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls today, we have to talk about um, this Bank of America call on Netflix, reiterated it as a buy, Uh, Netflix reporting earnings this week, Um, Netflix is by far, at the moment, the best streaming platform out there, I think Disney eventually becomes bigger, Um, but at the end of the day, Netflix is one of these most solid streaming names in the game, top three, I would say they're number one at the moment. Um, and definitely a solid company to invest in for the long term. I think they are only going to continue to grow, and they have plenty of international growth to go. Now, J.P. Morgan raising its price target on Alphabet to 2575 from 2390 I 100% agree with this. Alphabet is an awesome company. Um, Google is awesome. And on top of that, they have YouTube. And I think there's still a lot more potential with YouTube. We saw in the last earnings report, they delivered stellar numbers out of YouTube. A lot of growth, a lot of revenue growth there, a lot of engagement growth. And I think that's only going to continue. I really do think that YouTube is going to be part of that transition from common cable TV to fully streaming services. And I think you'll kind of just see, you know, cable dissipate as the many years go on. And I think YouTube is going to capture a lot of that business. Now, JP Morgan reiterated um, Snap 
as overweight. I 100% agree with this. After going through Snap today, and we're going to go through it here on the show in a few minutes, um, you know, Snapchat is a remarkably solid company. Now, yes, they do have their issues, as does every other company, but I do see a bright future for Snap, um, and I like it here. It's pulled plenty far off its highs, um, so I definitely do like Snapchat. I like that call. Now, City named Applied Materials a top pick. I love it. Applied Materials, we broke it down just a few weeks ago. Go check the breakdown out on runningwiththemoney.com under the analysis section. But Applied Materials, remarkable company in a growing space. Definitely one to check out there. City naming Applied Materials as a top pick. Morgan Stanley reiterating Microsoft as a top pick. I 100% agree. Microsoft is one of the most solid companies on planet Earth, um, you know, and they deliver remarkable products every year. They just got that huge military contract, and I think there's a lot of bright um, notes coming out on Microsoft in the future as well. And then finally, uh, Susquinciana Capital, I believe that's how you pronounce that. Um, It's definitely a hard firm name to pronounce, but they downgraded Qualcomm to neutral from positive. I disagree with this call. I see a bright future for Qualcomm, a lot of semiconductor demand. Um, really, all they noted was they believe a cycle within the space, and they said the semiconductors are quite volatile. Um, well, that doesn't deter me from getting in on the long term. I think this is an excellent time to buy Qualcomm. I think it's going to continue to move to the upside in the long run, um, and at the end of the day, they have a lot of mobile business, and I don't think mobiles are going anywhere soon. I don't think your iPhone, I don't think your Android, uh, Samsung, I don't think it's going anywhere soon. Um, The handheld phone is going to be here forever for the rest of eternity. Um, And therefore, I think Qualcomm is going to do quite well, especially as more and more people get a mobile device. So I'm definitely a big fan of Qualcomm and semiconductor demand right now is going through the roof. Um, So that all those things working in Qualcomm's favor. The management team there is excellent. Definitely a fan of Qualcomm. Disagree with the downgrade to neutral. Now, let's shift into the snap breakdown. I said we were going to talk about it. Let's get into it. Now, if you don't know what Snap is, um, their ticker sign is SNAP in case you want to go check it out. Um, Snap or Snapchat is a social media and communications company that owns and operates Snapchat, a popular social media and communications platform. Taking a look at Snapchat, the platform averages 265 million daily active users, DAUs, uh, and maintains over 75% usage within the age bracket of 13 through 34. So really what that means is anyone in the U.S. really 13 to 34, 75% of those of that entire population uses Snapchat. Crazy multiple there. Now, as for upcoming additions, Snap is and is working on um, augmented reality products providing more camera features to the app. It is important to note, though, that Snap generates a majority of its revenues through advertising or digital advertising on their Snapchat platform, which is to be expected given that they're a a social media company, so they're going to be selling advertising to their customers, as does Facebook, as does Twitter. Now, of recent, Snap has performed well within the markets, rising just over 17% throughout the past three months and 355% within the past year year, leaving investors like you and me to wonder if Snap is still a buy. Well, I believe it's a buy. Sifting through Snap's stock price, according to Trefus at Trefus Data, go check them out, 66.2% of the stock price is based on Snap's North America advertising segment. Furthermore, 31% is based on the international advertising segment and 2.7% is based on cash. Um, Now, digging into the numbers, Snapchat Snap beat Q4 2020 expectations with an EPS of $0.09, and that's much better than the analyst EPS consensus estimate of $0.07. Now, this is where it gets really good. EPS improved by 200% year over year. 
solid growth there in EPS. Now, revenues improved significantly as well, increasing by 62% year over year to a strong $911 million. Now, for comparison, Q4 2019 revenues totaled $560.888 million. Along with revenues, operating cash flow improved as well by 21% year over year to a better negative $53 million. So yes, operating cash flow is still negative, but it will improve as time goes on. And obviously we're seeing that improvement. Now on a year over year basis, that's a $14 million improvement in operating cash flow. So hopefully as the quarters go on and the years go on within the next year um, or two years, we see a positive operating cash flow. Now, uh, free cash flow also improved, increasing by $7 million to a better negative $69 million. But it is still unfortunately negative and that goes along with operating cash flows. I think management will get that in line as the company continues to grow. Now, Snap continued to run an operating loss as well with a Q4 operating loss totaling negative $97.236 million. Now, it sounds bad, but if you take a look at the Q4 2019 operating loss, that was negative $253.596 billion. So they cut their operating loss in half, essentially, more than in half. So definitely a solid improvement there in operating loss. And the net loss also improved significantly. Um, going from negative $240 million in Q4 2019 to negative $113 million in Q4 2020. So a solid improvement there on the loss side. Yes, they do continue to run a loss, but those losses significantly improving. Now, adjusted EBITDA, that skyrocketed 291% year over year to a much stronger $165.609 million. Um, and for reference, um, the Q4 2019 adjusted EBDA was $42.307 million. So a huge increase, 291% in adjusted EBDA. I like to see it. Now, if we round out Q4, daily active users jumped 22% to 265 million daily active users, as we noted earlier. Um, and they experienced DAU growth, daily active user growth in Every segment, North America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Solid stuff there. And management was upbeat. The CEO said, quote, we delivered our first full year of adjusted EBITDA profitability. And as we look towards the future, we're excited to build on our investments in augmented reality, mapping, and content to drive our ongoing growth. CEO Evan Spiegel said. So definitely solid stuff there coming out of management. Now, they delivered pretty rock-solid guidance as well. So as for guidance, management expects Q1 2021 revenues to land within a range of $720 million to $740 million. Now, if you compare that to the Q1 2020 revenues of $462 million, that is a huge improvement on a year-over-year basis if they hit those numbers and hit that revenue range. Also, they're expecting adjusted EBDA to land within a range of negative $70 million to negative $50 million. That's also a big improvement over the Q1 2020 level of negative $81 million. So big improvements here if they hit those Q1 expectations in 2021. Now, if we shift into the balance sheet, the numbers are solid. Total debt of $1.6 billion. Total liabilities of $2.694 billion. Total assets of $5.024 billion. And the cash and short-term investments level of $2.538 billion. Not a badly balanced balance sheet. Now, 
Valuation, yes, it's extremely high. A forward PE of 101.24 times, a price to sales of 38 times, and a price to book of 39 times. It does trade at a significant premium, and management could also be more effective. It has a return on equity of negative 41%, a return on assets of negative 20%, and a return on invested capital of negative 24%. So overall, what do I see here? There's a lot of positives and negatives, but the positives are outweighing the negatives for me. Yes, the valuation is high and management could be more effective, but the balance sheet is solid. Earnings continue to improve significantly. Their user base continues to grow and they're introducing new features such as augmented reality, which so far have been a big hit. Now, given the numbers, the analysts are bullish with a mean price target of $78.34 per share, and that's roughly 31% upside from where it's currently at. Now, the high price target is $100 per share. The low is $40 per share. If it hits that high price target, that's a 68% gain from here. Um, The stock has pulled back significantly off its highs. In fact, if you take a look at Snap, um, it has fallen big time off its highs. It's currently at 59 bucks a share. Its highs were just over 70. Um, so really, there is a lot of upside room here just from its current price point. It seems to be quite choppy. So if this stock falls back to where it seems to have quite a strong support right around 55, 53, um, you could have a strong buying opportunity on your hands. Now, if you want a technical breakdown of Snapchat, go to runningwiththemoney.com. This breakdown is fully posted and there's a technical breakdown on top of all this information completely free under the analysis tab. Now, the big money, they're quite involved. 59.92% of SNAP is owned by institutions. Top holders include T-Rail Price Associates, Vanguard Group, and Morgan Stanley Investment Management. Some strong institutional holders there. Um, And then in short, SNAP, ticker sign SNAP, is an interesting social media play with expanding revenues, a growing user base, and an addicting communications aspect. I firmly believe that Snapchat is used more for communication than sharing what's going on. Um, But consistently, I see Snapchat being more and more used to connect and network and I like to see it. And also, I've noted this before, Snapchat's ad team, um, their team that reaches out to advertising customers um, and helps them and improves their uh, ad numbers, my oh my, uh, Snapchat is by far number one when it comes to customer service over there on the advertisement team. Shout out to Snapchat ads team. Now, let's shift into MasterCard. Um, MasterCard, I like it. If we dig into MasterCard, you know, they've struggled throughout COVID-19. They've struggled throughout the pandemic. Um, there's a lot of international travel that, you know, a lot of business that comes out of international travel for MasterCard. Um, and really, we have seen that just drop off because of the pandemic. So MasterCard's been struggling a little, but it could be presenting a solid opportunity for the long term. Now, we all know what MasterCard is. Uh, ticker sign MA is a financial company in the electronic payment space. Uh, business offering electronic payment methods and services to individuals and businesses of all sizes. Now, sifting through MasterCard stock price, according to Trefis, a Trefis data, 34.2% of dollar sign MA or MasterCard is based on their transaction fees segment. Now, 28.5% is based on the domestic assessment segment and 22.4% is based on services fees, while 15% is based on international fees. Now, of recent, MasterCard has performed well. Moving to the upside, a moderate just over 18% throughout the past three months and 50% throughout the past year, leaving investors to wonder, like you and me, if MasterCard is still a buy. Well, I believe it is. While MasterCard has performed well within the markets, the COVID-19 pandemic has greatly affected earnings in a negative aspect with declining cross-border volume and flat rebates and incentives. Now, if we dig into the numbers, MasterCard, uh, they beat Q4 2020 expectations with an EPS of $1.64, and that is better than the analyst 
consensus estimate of $1.51. Now, on a year-over-year basis, this is a 16% decline in uh, EPS. Now, revenues, they also declined um, to $4.1 billion from $4.4 billion. That's roughly a 7% decrease in revenues. Um, MasterCard delivered a weaker Q4 net income of $1.8 billion, and that is down 15% from $2.1 billion in Q4 2019. Now, the declines don't stop. Operating Operating income declined as well dropping to $2.1 billion from a stronger $2.4 billion, and that's roughly a 14% decline in income on a GAAP basis. Margins declined as well, um, dropping to 49.9% from 54.4%, um, resulting in a 4.4% decline is really what that is. Um, and then on a positive note, gross dollar volume, otherwise known as GDV, increased by 1%. Now, gross dollar volume, for those of you who don't know, uh, is the aggregated dollar amount of purchases and disbursements made with MasterCard cards. So it's basically um, really the dollar amount of what is occurring with MasterCard products. Uh, Management was upbeat about the future. Quote, we are encouraged by the availability of effective vaccines and we remain focused on the innovations that will enrich the digital experience, strengthen security and trust and enable choice through our our multi-rail platform, all of which positions us well for the future. CEO Michael Maybach said, now, if we explore the full year briefly, MasterCard reported full year 2020 revenues of $15.3 billion. That's down 9% year over year and a net income of $6.4 billion. And that's down 21% year over year, um, both of which declined due to COVID-19 headwinds. Now, if we shift into the balance sheet, total debt, $12.672 billion. Total liabilities, $27.193 billion. Total assets, $33.584 billion. And a cash and short-term investments level of $10.596 billion. Now, on a valuation basis, Price to earnings, 60.58 times. Price to book, 60.34 times. <laughs> price to sales, 24.92 times. A forward price to earnings of 37.07 times. And a price to cash flow of 49.43 times. Um, so the valuation, yes, it's high, but it's not overwhelmingly high. And definitely, it's still in position for a solid long-term investment. Uh, management, extremely effective. With a return on equity of 104.38%, return on assets of 20.41%, and a return on invested capital of 33.01%. So they are um, definitely doing much better when it comes to the effectiveness front than a lot of other companies companies, they're investing their money much better than their competitors. Um, now, given the numbers, the analysts are bullish with a mean price target of $399.67 per share. That's roughly a 3.5% upside. The high price target, $450 per share and the low, uh, $345 per share. So I like MasterCard there. Um, analyst overall, they have bullish sediment. I'd like to see the bullish sediment on MasterCard. Now, the big money is quite involved. 75.76% of MasterCard is owned by institutions. Top holders include the usuals, the Vanguard Group, BlackRock Institutional Trust, and State Street Global Advisors. Um, if you want the technical breakdown, once again, runningwiththemoney.com under the analysis section, and you'll see the MasterCard breakdown. In short, MasterCard, ticker sign MA, is a solid company that has suffered setbacks due to COVID-19. But as the world recovers from the pandemic, will likely thrive once again and get back on the road to growth. I like MasterCard for the long term, possibly a buying opportunity right here, especially as travel is starting to pent back up. We're starting to see those travel numbers increase, and I think they'll only continue to move to the upside as the world reopens from the pandemic and the vaccine is distributed. Now, before we close out the show, we got to talk about the overall market. We got to talk about the opportunities being presented in the market. And what do I see? I see the semiconductors getting slammed. I see the software names getting slammed today. I see a Shopify down 5.1%. I see a Square down nearly 5%. I see a Taiwan Semi down nearly 3%. I see an NVIDIA down nearly 4%. I see a Qualcomm down nearly 3%. A Micron just over down 3%. 
I see a Tesla down 4%. I see an Amazon selling off. I see a green Google, but Facebook also selling off. When it comes to Disney and Netflix, Disney is now down. My, oh my, Disney, a remarkable company. Pick it up here, buy it. It's an opportunity. I see a Walmart, a Costco, a Target, all flat. Those are all opportunities. I like all of those companies over there in the consumer discount stores. And then when it comes to some of the sectors we've been eyeing here, banks, healthcare, uh, real estate, utilities, those all kind of flat today. Industrials flat, not a lot going on. Boeing is a smoking opportunity right now. I look at Boeing, it's at 243 now. It's down 2.12% on pretty much nothing. Yes, they got those electrical issues on just over 90 aircraft, but come on, in the long term, this isn't going to affect it. And I like to see what's happening here. Um, and, you know, one of the major people in the air rental space in the air leasing space um, was on CNBC today. And he explained this perfectly when it came to Boeing. At the end of the day, what Boeing did was they practically did the same thing as GM or Ford would when there's an issue with a car. Um, They recalled it and they said, you guys want to check this out, get this fixed so no one gets hurt. That's exactly what you want to see Boeing doing. And I love to see it. So I like the fact that Boeing is playing it safe here. That is a positive to me. um, And this is a short-term issue, not a long-term issue. So I am still long Boeing. um, And if this continues to fall, I'll likely be adding to the position. Um, when we take a look at the fintech stuff, PayPal and Square, as I noticed, Square's already down. PayPal's down as well. PayPal, not nearly as much, only down 0.2%. Adobe down 1.63%. That's a solid name that I think you can pick up for the long term. Uh, Salesforce, you know, that name has just kind of been hovering right down around that 230 and below space. I definitely do think Salesforce is a solid pickup here for the long term as well. ServiceNow, a remarkable strong company. Unity, um, another one of those companies that, you know, is way off its highs. Definitely one to check out. But that is it for the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. For all the information that we talk about here on the show. Go to runningwiththemoney.com and get even more completely free. It's all there. Thank you for listening once again. If you want a stock broken down, comment on any of my posts on Twitter or just at me on Twitter, at Luke Donay. Go give me a follow there um, and we'll be breaking down whatever you want broken down on the show and on Twitter. Thank you for listening to another episode. I'll see you on Wednesday to talk about more market sell-offs or <laughs> rallies, remarkable companies, and everything in between. See you then. See you then.